0: Good day, and welcome to season twelve with Film Exploration with Ash Hurry, where we are bringing you a horror movie a day to the lead up to Halloween. And for today's pick, we will be going with Disney Plus's 2022 action horror *Prey*, directed by Dan Trantenberg and starring Amber Midthunder, Dakota Beavers, Dan Leregro, and Stormy Kip. The everlasting business fixation with making money is something you have to respect. Every person can recognize why. Who couldn't? Make as much money as you can by giving consumers what they want or yearn for, but the etiquette it holds when a specific business is cinema, well, the respect is swiftly lost, looked down on, criticized about, disregarded as wrong, foolish, and undignified. The genre that seems to spew out the most follow-up sequels, continuations of the story in some way or another is generally the horror genre. Why? Because the subject of most horror arcs is to kill or be killed, and that rings true to nearly every horror movie. Predator, Alien, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Final Destination, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Fog, The Thing, The Exorcist, Day of the Dead, the list rivals the list of the amount of films that are about love. And because the arc flirts with death, you need to introduce characters that are the subject of the killing or the person behind it. It. and thus we introduce memorable pop cultural characters that re-exist in other situations in different situations and scenarios that isn't simply enough for 90 minutes no you need to almost make a minimum of three movies with a horror movie why there isn't more horror tv shows i don't know So Prey, which debuted on Disney Plus, is not the origin story, but a prequel of one of the 1987 classic action thrillers films that echoes horror components principally set in the very green jungle. That's right. I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's Predator, a film that is the epitome of male testosterone with escalating bravado in every scene and a somewhat exaggerative but relatable trendy brotherhood. Now, at least with Prey, the very few things they got right is the title, which literally means an animal that is hunted and killed for food, which in this case is accurate, but would be the complete reverse in this film to its predecessors, where our human is the one doing the hunting, and the prey is our very own predator. The current title would have been Hunter, but I guess it doesn't have the same ring to it now we have 30 years to get merged into the very sound of the word Predator. Now, with Predator, which literally means hunting for food, by the way, which was pointed out in the 2018 Shane Black version, that means Prey is the only accurate title to date and for me that is as righteous as this film gets for me Hollywood is again striving to strong-arm political boxes, being ticked over the custom of the movie. Now, for one, I'm happy to be surprised when Hollywood tries to do this, if it doesn't break any other etiquette rules like having a female bond. So I'm all in for seeing how they will tackle a woman conducting herself against a Predator. And why not? We've seen women in the Predator franchise before, more successfully in Alien vs. Predator, handle herself before being... Uh, I think it was Satar Lathan, who does a formidable job playing the only female lead in the franchise until now, so it's not such a terrible movie, but her character is not a warrior, but a survival expert in where she completely plays to her strengths in this movie and doesn't get exploited as being unrealistic in the movie. With Prey, we have to somehow be persuaded that a young, inexperienced warrior in the eyes of her tribe is ready to go head-to-head with a creature that had the capability to take out an entire trained platoon in the 1987 movie. Yes, this predator is a little more simplistic with its armor and features, but it's still a predator nonetheless. Now, yes, this is a science fiction movie, so allow it some rope, but the sheer attractiveness of the 1987 movie is the very challenge in our head that Arnold Schwarzenegger had a worthy opponent in this movie that he would struggle with. That, for me, was the very essence of why Predator was so good. It finally gave the biggest action star in the world at the time, a genuine opponent where Arnie started as the underdog, and would continue to be more of an underdog the more and more Predator would wipe out his platoon. And let's not forget his entire platoon, minus Shane Black are a force to reckon with as well on their own. Now, I'm not being sexist. I'm being a realist on a character that stinks testosterone. Take Danny Glover's most destructive action role yet in the second movie, Adrian Brody's most ripped physique in Predators, and Boyd Halbrook's whole platoon in The Predator that is just a rip-off of the Brotherhood rapport in the original. In fact, throughout the entire franchise, only two women have been killed by The Predator, and one was by accident in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. So this movie is very much a film that has etiquette devoted to it, and if tampered with could break down the foundation of the movie. However, curiosity is on base here with this idea of a prequel and also the idea of a female lead. So let's see how it did. Did it pull it off like they did in Alien vs. Predator or is this just another film that is being brought down to political influences rather than pure Hollywood vision? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Now we do not have Ron DeRusso here taking a stab at the Predator, we have five foot five, twenty-five year old newcomer Amber Mithunder, taking on a role as Naru, in which Dan Trantenberg labels as a Goliath and David pitcher, or David and Goliath pitcher, which if Predator was non-existence to us in the last thirty-five years, this film would actually hold some sombre weight and appeal to it. I find it entirely hypocritical though that the same people who found Michael Keaton unworthy as Batman found this movie a masterpiece, but that's critics for you. However, some and I somewhat agree that the execution of this film is something that actually awakens the Predator franchise from its much longer-awaited slumber since 1987, where simplicity is the film's allure that goes back to its roots if not trying to overcomplicate the plot but focusing on the hunt or the hunted. The Predator movie actually takes a back seat in this movie where the main theme is this coming of age tale to prove to everyone she is worth what everyone thinks she is not ready for and for that the film is actually beautiful but they have cheaply sold it with a character made famous from its battle with testosterone that has somewhat diminished the foundation of predator by using it as a chess pawn for the character of naru Many will be disappointed with the build-up to the scene's most intimate action scene, since the running time is a questionable 97 minutes, making it the shortest movie in the franchise. However, that being said, it is airtight and a satisfying balance of build-up and action, so a suspenseful variety. However, in terms of plot, please don't be annoyed, but the film is simply retreading on what's already happened, so please throw away an original plot idea before viewing this quirky new adventure. The film played it incredibly safe by not rummaging into the mythology of The Predator and one where the audience were itching to see Unearth in a cheeky easter egg little spot in the movie. They will probably have to just wait for another spreadsheet script for the next movie involving The Predator and mark my words there probably will be another movie involving that famous thing with dreadlocks. Now, this movie has my regards as being surprisingly fresh and divided from the last six Predator movies since it doesn't follow suit in terms of trying to expand the story with clever story arcs. With that being said, it is a film that did not need to be done. It was a film that was lazy in an effective way, watchable in a non-time consuming way and desirable enough in a political way to make this film as far as it can be from a present movie. But using this simplicity factor of the cat and mouse movie, I do say bravo, making this a good flick for Disney+. Plus. It is just a, such a shame with the action sequences, beautiful scenery, this film is reserved for only a streaming and not a cinematic experience. As I said before, horror movies tend to lend their characters for ideas that are now being overdone by Hollywood producers, and Prey is yet another example of that. A simple answer to the question of what the main purpose for a business is, of course, it is always money, and the nostalgic qualities that the 1987 has attached to our antagonist is being squeezed for every dime it can possibly muster for different story arcs that have spanned for the last 35 years. We have gone to different worlds with Predator, we've gone to urban cities, we've gone to the most remote parts of the world, and now we have gone back in time. Only time will tell if Hollywood can squeeze more blood from this horror legacy, but take some solace in the fact that if it bleeds, they can kill it." Not this time, though, with Prey, but it is only a matter of time. Prey has bought a few more rounds with the audience. Some may say political, but that's another debate entirely. So let's see what happens next. Anyway, that's my review on the movie Prey, worth a watch for the movie and not with the idea of it being a Predator movie. It is simple and effective, and that is all movies need to be. And it isn't done enough, and that's why I am divided with my likability of this movie, which seems to clash with the principle of having a Predator in this movie. But anyway, please subscribe to me on iTunes, Google, and Amazon. And you can also find me on Instagram. That's Film Exploration, A-H, or lowercase or one word. But for now, thank you for tuning in to Season 12 with Film Exploration with Ash Curry.